1: I'm Miles Cammack Jr., writer for the Peninsula Pulse, and I'm joined today by Deb Fitzgerald to uh, talk about a tragedy that is luckily only a tragedy in materials, not in people. Deb, you have covered the fire at Raleigh State Resort. Obviously, a, a devastating event for the owners, for the, for the staff there, for the people who had rooms there. But, you know, fortunately, nobody hurt. Tell us what it looked like, maybe describe for our listeners, what was it like going up to the scene there and what did you find when you got there?
2: Right. It's kind of strange because where our office is situated in Bailey's Harbor on 57, we hear all of the emergency vehicles that are going by. So you'll hear, you know, the siren go by and then that's normally the end of it. Well, this just kept happening so sirens just kept going by, going by, going by and then there would be a, you know, a lapse and so finally I, you know, looked up on the Door County Sheriff's office has a scanner page and looked that up and realized what was going on and so we always have a photographer Tad Ducart who is fantastic. He's retired but he spent his career as a photographer for some big publications, and he always goes to these uh, events that happen. So he was there, and I called Your him.
1: department's official photographer, right? Yeah, kind Before of.
2: Right, right. Yeah. So I called him just to find out if you were up there, and he said, yes, you know, I'm here. I'm getting some photos. He described the scene. and So I said, well, I'm on my way up there. So I, you know, you could see the smoke as soon as you got onto ZZ, And it was probably about an hour into, uh, maybe an hour and a half into the fire. And they were stopping, uh, the sheriff's office was stopping vehicles at Mink River Road and ZZ. So I did, I was able to gain access, told them I was with a pulse. And so I, it, it did take a while to gain that access, but I did. And the deputy walked me down to the site and I really should have been prepared with a mask because it, the smoke was just unbelievable and the wind was really yeah. blowing at a steady clip and the smoke was burning both white and black and it was just, the air was very thick with that. And so finally I get to a landing stage and I see, I don't even know how many vehicles. I've never seen a site like that where You have Egg Harbor trucks next to Sister Bay Liberty Grove trucks next to Southern Door Fire Department trucks. Every single fire department in the entire county responded to this, in addition to a couple in Kewanee and also in Brown County. At about four o'clock, Green Bay went by here. So all of these volunteers working together to put out this fire, they had it pretty much under control after about an hour, though it was still burning. And I did talk to Chris Hecht, who it was the lead on the scene, because the Sister Bay Liberty Grove Fire Department was the lead, and he's the fire chief. And, you know, he said that the wind was definitely working against them. The multiple buildings, because the Raleigh's Bay Resort is kind of three separate buildings, buildings kind of connected, was working against them, but there were firewalls that actually helped, and also the unlimited water supply that enabled them, you know, to keep continuous water on the spire. It was really quite an amazing scene, and I have to say that until you witness something like that in person... It's almost mind-boggling that most of these people are volunteers at our fire departments up here, Mm -hmm. uh, the majority of them. And without them, I don't know what we would do.
1: Yeah. Well, the scene you're describing is—I mean, yeah—when you get close to a fire and you you smell the smoke and it's thick like that, it's just such a different, visceral, tangible way of feeling these things beyond the flames. Right. And for the for the listeners who are not familiar with this property, it is situated right on Raleigh's Bay by the Mink River Estuary up in gosh, north of. Hard to, i was—it's hard to even call it Ellison Bay. It's like its own. Yeah, sure. Its, its own spot out there. But the water is right there, right across the parking lot. I was talking to people about this, and I I continue this like shows my age in Door County. I still refer to it as wagon trail, and people would ask me, "What are you talking about? There was another fire." (laughs) And for people who've been around long enough, they you think of it as a wagon trail. And for me personally, that's a place where you know a lot of our high school sports banquets or scholarship things would be held. Swimming lessons. It's a place where you'd go and play games after school, even though it was way up north. one of the few places where you could go and and maybe use the pool or play ping pong and things like that. So it you know, a lot of people, even if they weren't lodging guests, a lot of local individuals have memories there and connections there. So you saw that outpouring right away on social media. And, and since then, as people have, have learned more about it, right, what you described reminded me of when shipwrecked the fire there, in 2017, where every department responded, and it sounds like a similar day, really hot. And this, when the shipwreck fire happened, it was also really hot. So a lot of firefighters had to be treated just for heat exhaustion. Hmm. I'm curious, what was the scene in Raleigh? Bay? was there anything like that? I know they were battling a lot of different hurdles and trying to get that that fire contained.
2: Right. The ambient heat was, you know, definitely a factor that they had to work against. But Chris said that nobody had any injuries and there was not there was a staging area for sure where people could go and get water and take breaks and because there was so much equipment and so many people who had responded they felt pretty comfortable being able to rotate people so it was it was not a scene where you know they were having a hard time keeping up with the fire because they couldn't keep enough people on it because of the heat. So it wasn't, you know, quite to that level. But it was, you know, it was just there were people everywhere and it seemed like everyone pretty much knew what role they were playing. And while I was there, there was continuous water, you know, both of the ladder trucks. One of the images that sticks in my mind is, you know, the Egg Harbor ladder truck up with Egg Harbor on the side. And then in the background of that, the Sturgeon Bay Liberty Grove ladder truck up and You know, those two working side by side with firefighters on that and, you know, just shooting water down from the top. They were never able to get inside the building because once they arrived, it started in the basement. They're not quite sure what started it, and they won't know that for a while. But it started in the basement. By the time they arrived on the scene, Chris said that the flames were already blowing out the windows in the first floor and entering the second floor the roof collapsed pretty fast and as did the floor so there was no mm-hmm. you know possibility of them going inside to fight the fire so it was always an exterior assault and that's you know pretty much what they staged from the get-go and that's That's what I saw when I got there. You know, Highway ZZ, County Road ZZ, is right on the opposite. So between the bay and the lodge is Highway ZZ. And then along the edge of, uh, along the bay side of Highway ZZ, there, there are a bunch of houses and cottages. So there were people, you know, that were coming out of those houses, you know, they were just completely enveloped with smoke. And, you know, Chris told me that he he never had, I asked him, did you have a fear that it was going to jump the highway, you know, into the trees and then catch all of those? And he said, no, that at least was not, it was, you know, pretty much a fire stop. But all of those residents, I mean, I'm sure that their houses smell like smoke, uh, you know, almost as much as if they were in the fire. So <clears throat> there are also a line of cedar trees on the other side. And I was looking at those, you know, because because of the way that the wind was blowing, you know, if a spark caught on top of those, then it would jump the, you know, the road. But of course, none of, none of that happened. I mean, they just... Really did an amazing job.
1: So you got a chance to talk to Jewel peterson Aradnik, the owner, um, and, and whose family has been the owner since this resort was built. What's the sense you got from her in terms of, like, her reaction to it in, in the in the day following?
2: Right. I spoke with her the day of the fire, and, you know, she was pretty overcome at that time. And, you know, I told her, this is the absolute hardest part of my job. And, you know doing a story any of our jobs you know any reporter who has to do this kind of thing you know to talk to somebody who is experiencing such a tragic loss like this and you know so we agreed to talk the next morning when you know she would have a little bit more control of her emotions and then I talked with her the next morning and oh my gosh she was so positive and optimistic and hopeful about being able to rebuild and I really got the sense that she received that kind of infusion from people who were just supporting her with their memories of the place and how much it meant to them and she grew up there I mean her parents moved there when she was only eight years old so mm-hmm. they built, you know, this place. I understand that it was already a lodge prior to that, or there was a little wagon trail thing before that. But her parents essentially, you know, built this lodge, and so she grew up there. She raised her children there. So this is not just a business. This is a part of the family. And as you were talking about, Miles, your memories of there, I, I think I first... Went there. I used to always backpack camp up at Newport State Park. And the way that, you know, this is situated, I would stay at Wagon Trail Campground, which is just about Mm -hmm. a quarter mile away as kind of a staging place. It felt like a luxury, you know, before you go into Newport. And then I would always go to Grandma's Swedish Bakery. And that Mm -hmm. to me epitomized, like Wagon Trail Resort epitomized. Dora County for me. Like I always buy my Christmas ornaments there for my Christmas trees and, you know, just the smell of it and all of the, you know, gifty things they had and and the smell of the bakery. I mean, that to me was so evocative of Dora County before I lived here. So those types of memories and that type of thing really, I mean, I felt like she got that big, huge infusion of you know, we want this back. This is a part of our lives. It's not just a place we go. It is, you know, a part of our family's memories. So she seemed yeah. very positive, and she seemed like this was going to be something that they were going to be able to do, rebuild. Yeah,
1: that is great to hear. I, um My mom actually worked there for a short stint. Oh, my gosh. Just, yeah, she'd drive all the way from Bank Harbor, and, you know, she was, there were six miles to feed, so she was taking every job, every waitress shift she could. And she would go drive all the way to Wagon Trail for their morning shift, which back then probably meant getting up at 4.35 in the morning and driving up there. Right. And for us kids, one of the things that, you know, when you're growing up in Door County, is there's these little fringe benefits you get depending on where your parents work. So my mom worked there, which meant we got to go up and use the pool a few times as long as it wasn't too busy. Or <laughs> we would get the extra cinnamon rolls and, and they, she would get to bring those home and they'd send her home with extra bakery and stuff. Or like the summer, my dad worked at Thumb Fun, maybe the best summer of my life you just get like a discounted rate at some fun for each summer but like that was kind of some of my memories as being a kid there and just being in awe of that place and just smelling the bakery when you go in and (laughs) it's just just, it's an amazing place right so to hear that they're they're dedicated to rebuilding and i'm sure building back better and, and that's a long road it's not simple to do but you know, especially when you saw the images, like the shipwreck fire, it it obviously they had to tear down that building and rebuild. But this one just looks more like the Butch's bar fire where it's just like a bomb dropped on that section of the building. I mean, right. it's devastated. Yeah. It's pretty amazing to see those images. Yeah. So, you know, back to the aftermath. And she said, got to rebuild. Obviously, there's a long road to go with, I'm sure, insurance companies and all these things. But what what about immediacy? Like, what is, are there like GoFundMe money? pages, are there things they need or that other people need or that the community is rallying to, to do for either them or their employees or their guests? What's the situation there?
2: Right. So there was a a GoFundMe page set up and Julie Rogers organized that. So she set it up a couple of days ago. And so they this fire devastated, you know, the a part of the resort where some of the employees lived. And apparently, according to the GoFundMe page, all of those employees, well, eight of them lost everything because they were living in the resort. And so the donations are going to help all of the employees replace their belongings and get them back on their feet. So when I checked that this morning, I think that there was already $22,653 raised for that. So there is that effort. Jewel told me that the support that they have received from other resorts, even like the Alpine, I mean, who agreed or who offered, you know, to take guests and to help them out with any of their bookings. I mean, she said that there was just outpourings of support coming in. I kind of got the feeling that she didn't even know, Exactly everything (laughs) that was coming (laughs) in yet. You know, it was still too soon. And they had set up a temporary office in one of the buildings that wasn't impacted on the resort. And that's what they're using as their communication center to communicate with guests. Because even though their office was completely annihilated, their software backs up every night onto, you know, an outside system. So they were able to retain all of their bookings and all of their guest information. So they'll be able to actually refund all of the, the guests who need refunds and, you know, it's gonna take a while for them to do that, but they'll be able to make right all of those things for, you know, any of their any of their guests.
0: This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kewanee Counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers.
1: And, and for people to understand, this is one of the, and maybe some people don't realize this, but it's one of the largest resorts on the peninsula.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have Stone Harbor, you have Landmark, and then you have Wagon Trail, I think it's, you know, for a long time, it was the only conference center on the peninsula. So a lot of people, large groups, book there. The MS Walk has been staged out of there for many years. And the MS Walk is an event that raises $400,000 for the MS Society. And they've had to scramble that event in like two weeks. And they're scrambling to find places and find rooms for 250 people that would have been staying at the the wagon trail in in just a couple of weeks.
2: Right, and you did a little piece on that, which was, I thought it told, I thought I told the story of Jewel's character pretty well when we have something on that in in this week's paper and also up online about, you know, them looking for an alternate venue. But didn't, didn't she call them, like, while the fire was still going?
1: The fire's still going, and she's calling them to let them know So they can start to adjust right away. And I talked to Rob Moulter, the uh, director of that, of their MS walks. And he's uh, based out of Milwaukee. And he was like, I can't, why don't, you shouldn't be on the phone with me right now. You've got bigger fish. She was, she was worried about their group. because She knew how much they rely on her. And and Rob said that in all their time doing that event out of wagon trail, I mean, their, their participants just love that place. And he really emphasized like the care that Jewel and her staff puts into taking care of them for that event. And you know, it it is, its and Rob was emphatic. He's like, we're going to make this work. It's usually a three-day event. They usually they walk 30 or 50 miles to raise money. I've actually helped on the course in past years a couple of times, and it really is an inspiring event to see because you have people of all different abilities out there walking down the roads of Door County, and, they, and you know, they're out there for 12, 14 hours in a day. Mm. So it really is a, an achievement for some of them and, uh, or for all of them. And it's very inspiring to be around because most of these are people whose families have been touched by by MS. So they're determined to make this happen. They may have to switch it to a a one-day event, maybe shorten the route, and they have to redesign the routes because if they can't all be based out of that one resort, now they got to scatter in a bunch of different hotels and they're finding rooms. People have come up and said, like, hey, we have 10, we have 14, or we have a house, and as of the time I talked to them, they still hadn't found places for everybody, but they're, they're working their butts off to, to figure out a way to make it happen because they love Door County. It's one of their biggest fundraisers in these walks, hmm. one of their most successful events. When I told him that you told me that Jules said they were going to be open next year, he said, if she's open next year, we're back next year. We're, <laughs> like, we're going to figure that out. So, right. I don't know if that's overly optimistic and just knowing <laughs> building timetables, right. but uh, that'd be amazing if they did.
2: Yeah, and it could be, you know, even Chris said this that because of this huge firewall that separated like the main the mi- main middle part, the old part of the resort from the newest addition which was built in 1993. So the main part was built in 1979 and then this addition was built in 1993 and so there was this massive concrete firewall that went from the basement all the way up through the roof. And, and Jewel told me that when they first built that, she was like, isn't that kind of overkill? And, oh man, did that do its job? Because if you look at aerials or even the photos that we have in the paper and up online, you'll see that a building is completely intact. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, looks... Looks like you could rent out the rooms tomorrow. I mean, she said they, they're kind of smelly, so she can't do that. But, I mean, that was, you know, that was her impression as well. When she went in, she had, to, she had to go back in to get, you know, heart medications for some of the guests. And she said, you know, she was just amazed by how well-preserved those rooms were.
1: I was shocked going from seeing the photos that, that I was being sent and that you were sending back. Of the where the fire was and how much it was raging, and then to see the aerial and realize that that other side looked completely fine. Right, I was shocked. I I I assumed from the first images I saw, there's no way this building's surviving at all. Hopefully, some of it's salvageable. Yeah. Well, what else? What haven't we covered about this event?
2: I think I think that does it, Miles.
1: Okay. Well, Deb, thanks for all your work on this story. I know these are are really tough events to cover. Mm. and they're hard to approach as a journalist and, and you always do an amazing job with that and you did an amazing job again with this one so thanks for your work on it and uh, great to hear that you know things are looking positive moving forward for, right. for the folks up there
2: Yeah, it could actually be a, you know, a, a positive story <laughs> so we'll see what okay. happens
1: That is all for the Door County Pulse podcast this week. We will talk to you again next week hopefully about better news and uh, more enjoyable topics mm-hmm. and uh, thanks as always for listening to this